Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, we'll be listening to PSY 352, Social Psychology with Professor Nathan Smith. I hope you listen and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Social Psychology, Psy 352, here at Bellhaven University. This is your lecturer, Nathan Smith, and I'm coming to you from my office in Beverly, Massachusetts. We're speaking today about pro-social behavior, a nice positive topic after a couple weeks of tougher, more negative topics. So we'll start with the unit objectives. I would like to remind you, as we're getting late in the course, uh, remember to do the reading first. Uh, after you do the reading, uh, you can start watching this lecture, uh, and that will save you a lot because um, you'll be able to know what we're talking about here and make the connections that we have made in the lecture to the text that you're already familiar with. So, that said, let's look at the unit objectives. What is pro-social behavior? We got some definitional work. Who helps whom? Uh, whom being the targets, we'll talk a little bit about targets of uh, pro-social behavior. When do we help? We'll talk a little bit about timing and situational factors, and how can we increase helping behavior. We'll end with that very important topic. So we'll start with biblical foundations. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. John fifteen thirteen, the word of the Lord. So let's start with a bit of review. In the last two chapters we discussed examples of anti-social behavior, aggression, and then prejudice. Uh, and these are behaviors that are against the common good. Anti-social, right? Against, anti being, um, you know, the, the prefix for against. So now we're turning our attention to pro-social behavior, that is for the common good. Pro being uh, for, right, uh, towards. So pro-social behavior. So this topic uh, covers a wide range of so-called good behaviors. Uh, so think about just about anything good. Um, recycling, helping, charitable contributions, volunteering, praying for others, etc. So all of these, um, all of these could be, uh, could be considered pro-social behavior. Um, and it's interesting to think about how these things move and change over time and space. Um, and then there's also, of course, other other uh, things that affect them. So you think of something like recycling. So um, recycling is interesting because it's something um, more common on the coasts uh, than it is in the Midwest, or at least that was the case for many years. Uh, particularly on the West Coast, um, California had some of the first curbside recycling, the first single stream recycling, uh, the first um, cities to get rid of plastic bottles, the first cities to get rid of plastic bags in the US, right? Now Europe uh, would be different um, in Asia and Africa, very different, but um, in the US, California was the first in all of those things. Um, I find it strange um, 
how when you travel, if you travel throughout the United States, kind of the expected recycling behavior changes. And also throughout the world, the same thing is true. So um, we live north of Boston and we have single stream recycling at our curbside every week as we have had for many years. Um, when I go out to Las Vegas for, uh, for work, which I do um, in my uh, job related to gambling disorder uh, a couple times a year, uh, <coughs> I find it strange that um, they don't have uh, recycling next to every trash can uh, in the same way we do here. Uh, some of the casino properties that we go into do, but most don't, and on the street you don't see that. Uh, whereas, you know, the street in Boston, you'll have the uh, the trash, and then next to the trash will be a little container for cans and bottles, and for paper, and for cardboard. You know, all of our trash bins are four, you know, four containers long or something. Which is a little extreme, but, um, you know, it's just expected. It's the norm. And so that norm of, of recycling changes. And so much as you see recycling as a pro-social behavior, as a beneficial behavior, uh, the norms of any particular culture will sometimes dictate the pro-social behavior. So that's something I want you to keep in mind, too. How much do norms change pro-social behavior? Uh, one funny story, when uh, Beth and I, my wife and I, were traveling to Portugal uh, a year or so ago, uh, we went to a grocery store, um, you know, we were staying at a little apartment, we wanted to get some food, so we went to a grocery store, we just left the apartment and walked down to the grocery store, um, and when we got there, uh, you know, we went through the, the store and we, you know, we bought the stuff we bought, fruits and vegetables and bread and cheese and meat and milk and whatever, you know, enough stuff for a few days, and we got to the checkout line and, um, as the, the woman started scanning our, our food, but then there were no bags. Um, the store didn't have plastic bags because everybody uh, was expected to bring their own bags. Um, so we kind of looked at each other, looked around. The, you know, the, we had a language barrier because we don't speak Portuguese. Um, and eventually the woman kind of gestured to somebody uh, who went into the store and pulled out like a uh, kind of like a bag you would, um, like an athletic type of bag, and kind of like shook it in our direction, kind of like, hey, do you want this? And it was, I don't know, two or three dollars to buy a bag to put all our groceries in. But the the social norm of Portugal, uh, as it is in many parts of Europe, is they just don't have plastic bags. Everybody comes with their own their own bags, and they they bag their groceries directly into their own bags and uh, after they get scanned, and then they go home. Um, so if you don't know the, the norms of your uh, country, you can end up uh, feeling silly. So um, as we go through, I want, I want you to think about norms uh, of different locations, cities, countries, states, areas, etc., and how they, ref uh, how they change pro-social behavior. So why study helping? Well, obviously there are important real-life implications. Um, and these implications are wide-ranging. Um, when you think about any uh, social problem 
in the United States, almost every social problem you can think of would be benefited by more people taking an interest and um, and being in, becoming involved in some sort of pro-social behavior. Uh, so you just think off the top of your head, um, you think of homelessness. Could if could would more pro-social behavior benefit homelessness? Yes, of course. There's a million different ways from housing assistance, job assistance, job training, um, food, uh, providing food, preparing food, teaching skills, uh, jobs, job help, etc. And that's just for homelessness. Um, any other uh, any other social problem you could think of, there are uh, dozens, at least dozens of different ways that more people wanting to help more would make that problem better. Uh, anything you can think of with health. Um, people are interested in the environment and the planet. People are interested in animals uh, and caring for uh, animals. People are interested in reducing violence. People are interested in all kinds of things. Um, so if you think of pro-social behavior as a resource, it is a resource that could be um, put towards, it could be spent, we'll say. It's a resource just like, uh, just like money, and it can be spent just like money um, to benefit any number of problems in the world. So increasing the stores, uh, increasing the supplies of this resource, pro-social behavior, um, would be very positive. Um, so uh, that's part of the goal of what we're talking about today, is thinking about um, how to increase this resource of pro-social behavior. Uh, that being said, um, uh, just understanding it as a resource is a nice place to start. Uh, if you don't understand it as a resource, then it's going to be really hard to understand how spending it would help, uh, or creating more of it and spending more of it would help more folks. So, uh, why study helping? It helps us understand the factors, that is, time pressure, similarity, etc., that relate to helping. And um, so these are the things that uh, either uh, constrain, make, make helping less likely, or increase helping, make, like, uh, make helping um, more likely. Um, and then from a Christian view, helping is a central way to live in a living community, right? And um, we've already looked at scripture on this topic, but um, the stories of the stories of Jesus helping people are everywhere. I know you think of um, the majority of times you think of when you when you think of a um, a story or an interaction uh, that Jesus has with an individual, you you think of um, helping, right? So you think. Um, you know, all of the healings um, of various types. You think of uh, interacting with the uh, tax collectors, um, teaching the people, um, calming the waters was uh, helping the disciples, obviously. Um, so obviously this is uh, this uh, doing unto others, right? This, um, um, the Beatitudes, right? Um, the loving of enemies, all of these kind of are uh, directly or indirectly related to helping behaviors. So this is a good uh, central topic uh, to Christianity that we're talking about today.